Good morning. Welcome to Grace Community Church. My name is Christine. It's always so amazing to look out and see all of your beautiful faces. It is a wonderful day to worship the Lord. Before we start, we have a couple of announcements. I have a huge one. Are you ready? Saturday, April 21, work day at Grace Community Church. Yes, I feel it. I feel the excitement. Listen, I know I, I feel like I'm uh, introducing the annual meeting. Okay, this is exciting. This is amazing. Last time so much work got done around here. So if you could help out, that would be wonderful. This campus just gets a facelift every time we have a work day. So thank you in advance for putting that on your calendar. Also, men, I hope you've gotten your tickets to the Ignite event. It's coming April 27 and 28. Uh, Steve Farrar is coming. I have heard it's going to be wonderful. It's an awesome opportunity to invite friends, to get encouragement, to get growth. So if you haven't already, get your tickets for that. And if you are new this morning, I want to take this opportunity to welcome you. If you don't mind raising your hand, we have a packet of information for you. In the back is a communication card. If you could just fill that out and place it in the offering plate. That just lets us know how we can serve you. And now I have a special announcement coming from Jared Irvine. Thanks, Christine. Good morning. So we live in this tech age, right? And one thing that's really characteristic about this age is constant change. And that can be bewildering, confusing. And if you're raising children, that can be quite scary as well. And so what do you do about it? You can maybe stick your head in the sand metaphorically and hope that this is just going to blow over. It's just a flash in the pan. But the tech age is here to stay. And so what we need to do is, is educate. We need to educate ourselves on what this is and, and how do we protect our children. And so we as this church care about you. We know it's really hard to parent in this 21st century tech age that we live in. And so we want to offer you parents, and really it's open to all adults, a seminar about how to navigate this technological world. It's called ProTech, so you could help protect uh, some of the dangers that are involved and also help you to be more of a pro at tech, to be more uh, knowledgeable and aware bef uh, after you come out of the seminar. And so it's next Sunday, put on your calendars, next Sunday, April 15th at 6.30, right here at Grace. It's from 6.30 to 8, and it's in the uh, student center right here at Grace. And so we hope that you make it a priority. Uh, it's very important. We know that you want to be the best parents that you can be, and so this seminar will help you do that. And so this morning, we also have a very special service where we get to worship, and it's centered around communion. Now, I just said that this age is marked by uh, rapid change. Well, this morning, we get to celebrate something that the church has celebrated for over 2,000 years. Ever since Jesus took the bread and the cup, and he said, do this in remembrance of me, that we have been doing that. And we're going to celebrate that this morning. And so it's a great day uh, that we're glad that you're here. And so let us worship this God whose love is never changing this morning together. Thank you. Hey, good morning. Would you please stand with us as we pray, as we sing? 
Up. Would you turn around and greet one another today? Name tag Sunday, learn someone's new. Go ahead and be seated. Jared said today we're uh, celebrating communion. The whole service is centered on the Lord's Supper and the table. And as he said, we've been celebrating this for over 2,000 years. 
since Christ broke that bread at the table with us. And we're going to focus on that name today, Jesus.
together this morning lifting his name. Lord, we give you praises. May you be lifted up in our lives every day. We just thank you this morning for the beauty of, of music. And we thank you for the beautiful rain that you brought yesterday and the cleansing that it does in our valley. And we thank you for rain in our lives that cleanse our lives as well. We're thankful, Father, that we can bring any and all thoughts and struggles and longings to you and we lay them at your feet this morning, Father, and ask that you lift them up and, and take them and, and bring glory to yourself with all the struggles that we have. Please remind us to put things at your feet more often. Father, today we ask you for our brothers and sisters in Syria, Father, and, and the, the attacks that they've gone through again this morning and yesterday. And we just ask that you hold on tight, Father, to our church and to our missionaries that are out. We safely send them into harm's way. And we ask that, that all Christians throughout the world, Father, will be protected and encouraged. We ask for small things like the completion of the search for our music pastor, Father. We ask that your man and your plan be very evident to us. And we thank you for the process. And we thank you for the men that have so willingly opened their lives to our church as everyone searches for your plan. We ask your healing power on those who are missing today because they're sick and we ask your travel mercies on those and for those who are missing today because they are away from us. We thank you, Father, for all that you do. We thank you for the tithes and offerings that you enable us to bring to you. May they be put to great work for your kingdom around the world in your son's precious name. We pray, amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was Thank you. 
Pastor John um, gave us a clue about today's service, a song immediately came to my mind that I would like to share with you. It's called Come to the Table. It reminds me of a story from the Old Testament about a young man named Mephibosheth. I taught a lesson to a high school or college group one year, and Mephibosheth is this grandson of King Saul, son of Jonathan, best friend of David. He's crippled, he's an orphan, he's out in the wilderness just scratching out a living. And he's invited to the king's table. And he's scared, doesn't know what to expect. We all start on the outside, the outside looking in. This is where grace begins. We were hungry, we were thirsty. Nothing left to give for the shape that we were in. And just when all hope seemed lost, love opened the door for us. He said, Come to the table, come join the sinners. Take your place beside the 
I'm a little nervous this morning, and I think it's because I want something for us that I can't do for you. And what I'm asking you to do this morning is something that I don't know that we get to do that often or do enough together. I'd like us to slow down, way down, this morning. Last Sunday was Resurrection Sunday, but it was also the first Sunday of the month in which we observed the Lord's Supper. So we've decided to observe the Lord's Supper this morning, and we'll probably actually finish our time of worship sooner than usual, but we're going to go much slower. We're going to seek to be still and silent before the Lord. I don't really want to be the focus of your sight this morning. I want the Lord to be the focus. He's our focus every week, but this morning, I don't want you so much to see me as to hear me. And when you hear me, I hope that you won't hear me, but you'll hear the truths of the Lord and even the words of the Lord. And I hope that you'll hear them in a very personal way. We all need the Lord to speak to our hearts, to touch us deeply. That's our desire every Sunday. But it's especially our desire when we gather together at his table. So I'd like to pray And when I say amen, if you'd like to keep your eyes closed and just listen, that would be okay. I'm going to read some scriptures. And then I'm going to bring our attention to the writings of John Calvin from the 16th century. I'll tell you just a little bit more about that at the time. And we'll walk through what he tells us. And I think it will guide us in preparing for the Lord's Supper this morning. So let's seek the serenity that only comes from the Lord. Let's be silent in his presence and listen to his voice. Let's be still and know that he is God. Let's enthrone him in our hearts and let us create a cathedral there in which to worship him. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, 
You are nearer than we know. Nearer than we know. We lay at your feet the cares of this day, the cares and the burdens, the anxieties that we bring with us, and we put them at your feet. We lift our eyes to your eyes. We turn our hearts to your heart. We express we love you. We pray, Father, that in our thoughts we would see your face and know your touch and acknowledge your supreme place in our lives as we remember you this morning, especially in the bread and the cup. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is from the Gospel of John, chapter 6. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of this world is my flesh. Truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. The Apostle Paul wrote, For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, 
that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. Let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts as well as our hands to God in heaven. Lamentations 3. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Listen, I'm standing at the door, knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to you and eat with you, and you with me. John Calvin was born in 1509 at the age of 27. He published his institutes. He was in a way, the uh, successor to Martin Luther in laying out what we distinguish today as Protestantism. Individual responsibility for our faith. The centrality of God's word, sola scriptura. The importance of individual faith, sola fide. The individual priesthood of the believer, that there is no mediator between you and God, but Jesus Christ. He lays these things out in his Institutes of Church Religion, Christian Religion, the Christian Religion. And in Book 4, Section 17, 
sections 40 and 42, he talks about approaching the attitude that we should have as we come to the Lord's Supper, the Lord's table. And as I was reading it this week, I realized that he's speaking to the reader in such a way that the reader is being invited to reflect and prepare. And so I've set it forth for us to reflect on this morning as we prepare our hearts for the Lord's table. Paul enjoins, which means he urges or instructs. Paul enjoins that a man examine himself before eating this bread or drinking from this cup. He meant that each one of us should descend within himself, ponder within himself. Whether he rests with inward assurance of heart upon the salvation purchased by Christ. Do I realize that my righteousness is in him? Do you realize that the assurance of heart that we are to have is certified, bona fide, not by who we are, but by who he is. And our salvation comes only from him. To ponder with ourselves whether he acknowledges it by confession of mouth. As we come to the table, is there that ready willingness to say, I belong to him, to express from my heart, with my lips, that Jesus is my Lord and Savior? Whether he inspires to the imitation of Christ with the zeal of innocence and holiness. To be like Christ, as I come to the table, Lord, I want to be like you. I want to have that zeal that comes from an innocence and zeal and holiness that belongs to the believer who approaches not as an enemy, but as a child who belongs to him. Whether after Christ's example, he is prepared to give himself up for his brothers and sisters and to communicate himself to those with whom he shares Christ in common. As we come, are you prepared? I ask myself, am I prepared to give myself up for you, for others, my brothers and sisters in the Lord?
and to communicate, to interact with those with whom I share Christ in common. Whether as he is counted a member of Christ, he in turn so holds all his brothers and sisters as members of his body. Not only whether I am counted or you are counted as a member of the body of Christ, but whether you and whether I count my brothers and sisters as members of that body. Whether he desires to cherish, protect, help them as his own members. As we approach this table, is that our desire? If we approach it in these ways, we will be that much closer to the heart and the spirit and the meaning of what Jesus established when he called us to remember him. Not that these duties of faith and love can now be made perfect in us, but that we should endeavor and aspire with all our heart toward this end in order that we may day by day increase our faith once begun. This table calls us to faith. It reminds us that we are on a journey as disciples, as followers of Christ, growing deeper and deeper in our devotion and closer and closer in our walk with him. Faith and love. We're going to sing about the love of God right now as Paul and the praise team lead us in singing, I am. Thank you. 
Calvin continues, let us remember that this sacred feast is medicine for the sick, solace for sinners, alms to the poor, but would bring no benefit to the healthy, righteous, and rich. I believe he means that in the sense of those who are so minded that they have no need for the Lord. If such could be found. For since in it Christ is given to us as food, we understand that without him we would pine away, starve, and faint as famine destroys the vigor of the body. Then, since he is given to us for life, we understand that without him in us, we would plainly be dead. Therefore, this is the worthiness, the best and only kind we can bring to God. To offer our vileness and so to speak our unworthiness to him so that his mercy may make us worthy of him to despair in ourselves so that we may be comforted by him To abuse, to abase ourselves, that is to humble ourselves so that we may be lifted up by him. 
to accuse ourselves, to admit our wrongs, uh, to recognize our wrongs, so that we may be justified by him. To aspire to that unity which is commended to us in his supper. And as he makes all of us one in himself, to desire one soul, one heart, one tongue. If we have weighed and considered these things well, these thoughts, though they may stagger us, will never lay us low. How could we, needy and bare of all good, befouled with sins, half dead, eat the Lord's body worthily? Rather, we come as being poor, to a kindly giver. We come as sick to a physician. We come as sinners to the author of righteousness. We come as dead to him who gives life. We shall think that the worthiness which is commanded by God consists chiefly in faith which sets all things in Christ but nothing in ourselves. And secondly, in love. That the very love which though imperfect, that very love which though imperfect is enough to offer God that he may increase it. We're going to stand and sing of love. Your love never fails. As uh, Paul and the team lead us. The ushers are... uh going to go serve us uh, in just a minute.
ushers please come forward and serve us? represents the very body of Jesus Christ. It reflects, it represents his life, his love given for you. In the same way, after supper, the cup also saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. The wind is high and the water's sea. I'm not alone here in these open seas.
things work together for my good. You make all things work together for my good. You make all things work together for my As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, if you will, pass the cups to the center. I want to remind you that... Uh, as we leave, we have the opportunity to give to the Deacons Fund. It's devoted to helping those who come and turn to the Lord, seeking help and uh, encouragement in time of need, whether they are turning to the church for that help or from within the church. So if you are able to give, give and give generously, we pray. Now, if you will stand. May the Lord bless you today, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, may you uh, recognize his presence, how near he is to you. And to be nearer to him, all we need do is turn to him. May he bless you today. God bless you. <laughs>